We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We recognise their continued connection to the land and waters of this beautiful place and acknowledge that they never ceded sovereignty. We pay our respect to their elders past and present. Hello and welcome to the final episode of this AFL Life for this AFLW season. I am your host, Alison Smirnoff, and I'm joined by my co-host, Rachel Hibbert. Hello. And Susan Cadman. Now, Susan, <laughs> last week we had to send you to Bali to, to make sure that you were free on a weeknight. Yeah. And you've outdone it this week by catching COVID. <laughs> yeah. I'm free and available this week completely as I've gone and done it and caught uh, caught COVID in Bali and made it home, obviously. But, yes, I'm a bit flat out at home, locked in my room. So an absolute pleasure to be here tonight because it's (laughs) given me something to do. (laughs) Well, how about those Ds? AFLW Grand Final winners of Season 7, four points in a tense, 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 tense battle. Tense. How are we both feeling? Um, I'm yet to see Gabby. I'll just put it out there. Um, I actually removed myself from Melbourne on Sunday because I was so worried about how many different places people were going to watch the game at and that I'd have FOMO from various different pubs. So I went down to Flinders and watched it down there with Sam and her parents who have no or little idea about AFL. And <laughs> in the last quarter I had to say, don't ask me any questions right now. I can't. I can't. Do it. I can't. And with the the 32 seconds to go and Kate Watkins had a kick out up the guts of the ground, mm. I nearly did a little wee in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> but so stoked. And I just saw the relief in the coaching staff, in everyone who's involved in the Melbourne Football Club because there was so much expectation in that game and a wonderful narrative that was yet to be written. And I know Daisy went on a lot about saying that she didn't feel comfortable with the fact that the narrative surrounded her career. But, heck, it's a good one. Mm, Absolutely. so excited, so excited. And for the five who've been there from the start, Lozzie Pierce, Lil, Sarah Lampard, Daisy. Paxi. And Paxi. What a treat. Mm. How are you feeling, Al? Oh, look, I <laughs> to be honest, I just haven't stopped smiling about it, actually. I mean, <laughs> it was just such a great game, um, but obviously got some pretty strong connections to people at Melbourne and, like, I know, like, it, it hasn't just been the last seven years. Like, it's been a decade in the making. Um mm. You know, they've just been such staunch supporters of women's footy. They took it seriously from day dot. 
Um, there's a lot of people involved in that program that have been involved in women's footy for a very, very, very long time. Um, so yeah, like I, I just, I just feel like it's reward for many, many, many years of work and, and yeah, just really happy for our Falks friends. Um, it's just, yeah, it's amazing. I, I actually, I'm like, you listeners can't see, but I'm still smiling about it. Like it was great. <laughs> <laughs> I watched it. Um, I had a family thing on Sunday, so I, I actually watched it at my sister's house. But the deal was that I was going to come early, watch the game. No one was to disturb me <laughs> until the game was <laughs> over. But um, my family were gathered with me watching the game, riding every bump with me. The whole second half, I was actually just pacing behind the couch. <laughs> I yes, couldn't, I couldn't sit still. Yeah. Um. But yeah, just a just a great. I mean, it was such a great game of footy. Um. Yeah. But yes, I'm a Carlton supporter, but I have a very strong emotional investment in the D's. <laughs> yeah, I actually got a text from um longtime listener, longtime fan, Mitch Banadinovich, <laughs> on Monday morning, just saying, not gonna lie. Had a little teary on the train this morning thinking about it. Oh, bless. <laughs> on his way to work. Big, big, big D supporter. Trekked out to Casey with me to go and watch the D's a couple of times. Just it's those people as well who've been supporting women's footy and Melbourne and all the other clubs since day dot. Yeah. We've just seen so much success in the Adelaide and Brisbane camps. It was really nice to to see that come back to Melbourne after yeah. a few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Caddy, how did you feel watching it at home? <laughs> well, the benefit of having COVID is that I got to watch the game because I was supposed mm. to be at a music festival on <laughs> Sunday. So we do have some silver lining here because I got to watch the D's win in real time. Um, watching Home Alone in my room. Uh, it was, no, it was, I thought the game was perfect in terms of I know it wasn't a particularly high-scoring game, but it was just such an arm wrestle and it felt like to me a game of, I don't, don't you reckon it was a game where of the two defences? Like yes, 100%. The, Brisbane, the, Bris, the way Brisbane dealt with that kind of onslaught, they just kept, they, they were brick walls, that Brisbane defence. Yeah. And then the Demons defence just took out all of those key, very dangerous Brisbane forwards. They just absolutely took them out of the game. So to me, it felt like it was like really a game of defenders, and I mean that came through with the the best on ground, obviously. And I think that to be that was really well deserved. I thought mm. oh, completely. You know, it sucks being it's so bittersweet when that happens for the losing team, but acknowledgement is needed. Um, yeah. yeah, I just thought you know to two sides that could barely be separated all year. <laughs> um, mm. It was like perfect game for that and you know really went down to the last second um mm. and yeah nothing can beat those those post season that post game pictures and just the, the footage and like my favorite thing of all was that they got every single staff member player whether they played or not you know um on that podium to get a photo together as a club and it felt like that felt really significant because like we just talked about um it's been a real journey and like a lot of those people who aren't players mm. have been there a long time as well so it was such a it was so nice for everyone to get that acknowledgement and 
for some of those original champions of, you know, Daisy's era, I suppose, you know, gets the AFLW acknowledgement that they really deserve, you know, because they've obviously had all of AFLW and all of that, but, like, this feels significant Mm. as well. But, yeah. Sorry, I was just taking a sec. I still can't believe they won. (laughs) I know. I'm just thinking about our predictions and what we thought was going to happen. And Al, I'm pretty sure I said it was going to be D's in less than a goal. <laughs> I think I think you might be right. And I tentatively said my heart says Melbourne and my <laughs> head says Brisbane. <laughs> <laughs> but I did, look, before the season started, I did tip Melbourne, so I'm very happy about that. Um, mm. But our other predictions were way off. First goal and first <laughs> round, we were nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> I did want to take a moment to acknowledge the rise of Maeve Chaplin and mm-hmm. just back, just off the back of your comment, Katie, about Game of Defenders. If you think about Maeve's story over the last year, she was drafted to Melbourne from um, Darabin and from the NAB League. I'm not sure she played a game for Darabin, but she definitely played throughout the NAB League. Mm, she played under um, 18's flat in a under 18's flag. With sorry, mm. yeah, um, yeah with, with Matt Pultney. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so sorry, she didn't play a VFLW game with us, but um, they did credit us in all of the um, you know Northern Football League <laughs> posts and etc. <laughs> but um. Maeve got drafted, then delisted after not getting a game and then drafted again in this draft. The emotional roller coaster that that would put someone through is unfathomable, really, because we all know that, you know, a club says they're going to draft you back like that. There just must have been such a mental battle for her to, to go through to reset for another season and then to come in and play I think nearly every game of the season and a grand final and perform in the way that she did at the age of 19 is fairly phenomenal and I just wanted to take a moment to reflect on that and to yeah just reflect on the success of someone who's had a really rough trot and there's a lot of players out there who've had you know ebbs and flows of success and um, injuries and all that kind of stuff, but it, it, yeah, just credit to the nineteen-year-olds' mental um, tolerance. I guess is probably mm. the wrong word, but just what an incredible year for Maeve. Mm. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, do you think they've celebrated well? I know they've celebrated <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah, there's been a few tabletop. Snapchats. <laughs> well, I've messaged a few, <laughs> a few of them, and I, I only heard started hearing back today. So, <laughs> so I don't think solid, I have heard back. Yeah. <laughs> there has been, I mean, and there's some I haven't heard back from. But yeah. there's been a solid two days of, uh, <laughs> of partying. <laughs> given tonight is is Tuesday. I do know that they have um, a footy trip Thursday, Friday, and then presentation that Saturday. So it's a big week for the D's. I hope <laughs> they've all got some hydrolite and some sunscreen because it's going to be a hot week. Mm, yeah, huge week. Um, but I also just wanted to take a sec to acknowledge the Brisbane Lions. 
as a as a team, but as an organization and just how consistent they've been. And like there was nothing yeah. in this game. Like just like you said earlier, Caddy, like there was I think one percent between them being one and two on the ladder. Um but I'm just thinking about the whole journey of AFLW and just how consistent the Brisbane Lions have been. They're just they're just a super organization. And they credited Craig Stasevich and Bree Brock, um, who's their ops manager at the club. And I think both of them have been there since day dot, um, in some capacity at least. Um, and just consistency we've seen throughout the AFLW is, um, I guess, the recipe for success. But at this rate, in the first seven years, that's what we've seen. And the Brisbane team, the way that they rallied around each other at the final siren, the way that they rallied around Shannon Campbell when she got best on ground, you can see how much it means to them. Mm. And they're really championing women's footy in Queensland. And I know we banged on last week about um, Springfield being in the middle of nowhere <laughs> and being quite the inaccessible ground for fans, etc. But it just shows that I guess they do have dedication to the club where they've built this entire facility, knowing that the Brisbane Lions is a full club now with pathways from under underage all the way through to AFLW. This, just the defence, the Brisbane's defence was un, was unbelievable in the game. I just, mm. yeah, the chase downs, the desperation, like they never gave, they never gave up Brisbane, even when. No. We were just talking before about Lutkins having that kick out with 30 seconds to go, like, truly believe that they were going to get a goal from that. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah. Really, they're just a team that never gives up. And, um, yeah, I mean, like, I think they'll be, they they were probably the team to be ever so slightly over the Demons this year. Um, and they will be again next year, like, just without a doubt. So I think, you know, they, they know that the window is not gone for them, I'd suspect. Um, mm. And, yeah, I just think um, it's scary to think that they're possibly even going to get better at Brisbane, to be honest. So, yeah, it's yeah, kudos to them completely. Ah, oh, totally. Because they do have a relatively young group too. It's scary, actually. <laughs> yeah, and they produced two AFLW best and fairest in the one year. In one year, yeah. Yeah, and it just shows you how dangerous that midfield is put on top of the extreme defence, put on top of the extreme forward line, Courtney Hodder, Jesse Walther, mm, I could yeah. name the whole team. Mm. Um, yeah, if, if you haven't picked an AFLW team yet, which I don't think anyone's listening to this if they haven't, but if you haven't picked one, <laughs> Brisbane's probably really good one to get on board with because they're going to be successful for quite a while to come, I think, until yeah. the rest of the competition catches up. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Um, well, we opened it up to questions this week. Yes. Because it's grand final oh. week. It's a celebration. And I've got to say, this AFL Life fans have absolutely just, uh, they've got, they've just put so many questions in. It's amazing. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> so let's kick it off. Uh, this is one from Twitter. This is from at Lucreus. Favourite performances slash moments for each team? Davidson's goal was a standout for me. The moment that springs to mind for me for Melbourne, other than Taylor Harris's goal, which really set 
things a lot is the mark in the last 20 seconds by Tyler Hanks on the wing where she dove backwards to stop the run on from Brisbane. And we watched Brisbane get the run on and get goals all season. And I actually think that was a premiership saver. Um, And for Brisbane, I think it was probably Nat Grider's rundown Mm. in the end of the end of the second quarter, I think it was. They went into half first quarter, sorry. Mm. They went into the break with their heads held high and it just lifted the rest of the team. You know, the ball doesn't get into defence unless something's gone wrong along the way. But Nat Grider, that desperation to stop it was insane. What about you, Caddy? Oh, the chase down for me, the Grider, like... If Dees had kicked that goal, mm. I just feel like the game was going to be completely different. Um, mm. that, had Brisbane won, that would have been the moment for me that say that won them the game, even though it was early on. I just felt like that was such an important, <laughs> it was so important, that chase down. So I have to agree that was the highlight. Um, yeah, that being said, Davidson's goal was also, um, yeah, plucked that out of nowhere. Um, for the Dees... I really liked Taylor Harris kicking a goal. I thought it was great. Um, mm. You know, I think someone who, yeah, we, we know that Taylor Harris has um, cops are pretty hard, mm. cops are pretty hard from every which way. And I think it's really nice that she got to kick a goal in the final. Um, I think that's just really nice that she got to do that. And I don't know how she feels like she grew up, you know, Brisbane um, is where she started and stuff. So that's probably also an extra meaningful for her. So um, I thought that was that was a really nice highlight as well. What about you, Elle? Look, I'm going to echo <laughs> you two. Grider's chase down tackle was just like, I mean, it, it's just, they're just team lifting acts, aren't yeah. they? It, was, it had a bit of um, Heath Shaw, Nick Revolt about it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think probably, I think, Macken bobbing up for a goal to kick the D's opening goal was just really like amazing moment for me Um, just because they had to wrestle momentum back. They needed someone to stand up and kick a goal and it was, (laughs) it was an Irish recruit and I just (laughs) loved that. (laughs) But like in, in terms of like, I mean, this is going a bit off Lucrius's question, but the work of West and Hanks on the ball, particularly in the last quarter, just their grunt work, that it was amazing. Yeah. And when when Westie is on, Melbourne win. Yeah. Like her grunt and grit in and under, just a game changer and, yeah. I agree. I think I even texted you in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. at the end of the third quarter and I was like, excuse me, but Eliza West needs to be grittier or something. Yes, and she did. She did. She heard me. <laughs> she heard me. Yeah. Our friend. It wouldn't be question time without Kel Rowe. <laughs> Hi, Kel. How bloody good was it seeing all those Darabin legends and, well, let's face it, the whole side finally claim a premiership flag. Also, who was your D's BOG? Well, 
first off, yes, it was bloody great to see those Falks <laughs> finally win a flag. But I think we just touched on it. For me, I think D's BOG was Eliza West. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think West. But I think <clears throat> I can't understand how important Paxi's first half was. I felt um, Paxi was really influential in the first half, was everywhere and was kind of creating everything. Um, so, but, yeah, I think I agree with you, Al. Oh, it's so hard. I agree with both of those, so I'm going to add on an extra. <laughs> um, <laughs> and give it to Talia Gillard. Yeah. Because she shut down the leading goal kicker yep. who is so tall mm-hmm. and so strong and so quick. And as we were sitting on the couch watching it, um, Sam turned to me and she said, that would be Gabby's role if Gabby was playing. And I said, absolutely, it would be. But Talia Gillard's height, I think, was the thing that set her apart from all the other defenders in the competition because Jessie Wardlaw is so tall and strong that it's so difficult, nay, impossible to outmark her. So Talia Gillard just fisted things left, right and centre mm-hmm. to the ground. And I think that was, they must have just said, that's your role today and that's what she did because yep. he had a stellar game probably Mm. the best game I've seen her play to be honest yeah and uh because I watched the full uh post-match press conference with Mick and Daisy which went for 24 minutes and yes I did watch the whole thing (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) and he referenced um Talia Gillard and and just was talking about like I mean he didn't say this but I think she's the perfect matchup for world law because, but yeah. he mentioned um, Gillard's like she's got amazing closing speed, and obviously her height gives her incredible reach. So when you combine those two things, like that's the only they're they're the things that you need to yeah. beat Wardlaw, and she she just used them to such effect on on Sunday. I'm always so jealous of really tall defenders because of that leg length. To- to make the closing distance <laughs> mm. much shorter. I just remember Dano once saying to me, you, you you are so short that you need to actually just be in and under them and then and pop up at the last moment to punch. But then you had to be so close to them the entire game. So you were worrying about someone else the entire time. Whereas Talia Gillard, and the same with Libby Birch because of her skill set as well, can just pop off from their player and then have an effect. It's just amazing. Mm. So kudos to young Gillard. Yeah, absolutely. Something else I just really want to, like, it's so hard when you're watching the game on TV and it would have been so great to be there live. But when Brisbane were on top in the first quarter, they they seemed to be able to switch the ball really effectively yes. and get that overlap on the open side. But Melbourne must have shifted something in their system because they completely shut that down in in the following three quarters. And Mm. number of times you saw Brisbane try and switch, but Melbourne had just worked across and there wasn't the overlap. And so I just, it would just be fascinating to have been there in person, but also even more fascinating to see behind the goal vision and compare the last three quarters with the first quarter and just what happened. (laughs) <laughs> but yes. just hats yeah. off hats off to their team defense because in that heat working that hard like it's just a gutsy gutsy win yeah and 
for picking it up as well, whether that was the team or whether that was the coaching staff saying, hey, this is what they're doing, you need to shut it down. Because when in that moment and when it's, you know, it's everything so heightened, you kind of have, don't have time to think. You just, you're doing, you're in auto mode. So, oh, oh my God, so what? <laughs> so just jumping across to Instagram quickly, got a couple of questions in there as well. Loz.pierce underscore 15. She lives. <laughs> Wants to know. <laughs> Who won? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, I think the D's won. Um, Maybe she's just forgotten. (laughs) Oh, it's so hard. She's already, she's forgotten the result. Yeah, it's obviously what's Very dehydrated. Can affect the memory. Hydrolyte. Yeah. Yeah. Next question from Hibs doing things. (laughs) that's me Al how many times have you found yourself randomly happy crying over the last two days (laughs) (laughs) well I have to admit I, I I cried after the game well at the final siren and and post game uh but since then I've just been happy just been smiling a lot oh that's good yeah what about you? I can't say the same. I can't say the same. <laughs> I just watch the content and I watch Daisy and Mick embracing and then I watch all of the girls embracing Daisy in the rooms and then all the celebrations and I just start crying. It's, <laughs> I can't help it. Well, it has been especially close to home for you living with Gabby. Mm. Um, have you had a chance to even talk to her yet? <laughs> No, the the only interaction we've had over the last uh, two days is me telling her not to use the shower because the plumbers fixed the grouting and we're not allowed to use it for 36 to 48 hours. <laughs> so <laughs> haven't seen Gabby, um, but I've been directing her play where she's not allowed to have a shower. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's been a really weird season for us because obviously we've both been injured um, watching Gabby go off to training and come home and you say, how was training? And she's like, oh, well, you know, the pool session was good and mm. you know, skills were good, but my knee's a bit sore. And she's Gabby's such a, a player who needs to be out there to feel like she's had an effect, I think. She yeah. has an effect everywhere she goes, but I think being on the field um, is where she feels like she does her best work. Um, so... It's just really been about making sure that Gabby feels like she's having an effect everywhere and um, that she's still so loved at the club, in our home, with her family, everything, because I guess it's a lot of your identity that goes missing for a while when you're injured. Mm. So, um, yeah, now that the season's finished, we we keep just saying, you did it, Gabby, got through this season. Mm. You'll be joining in the next session, you know, the next training session, you'll be there. Yeah, yeah. Um, Because earlier in the year, Gab was uh, obviously a guest on the show. Um, Something that she said when she was on, and I just have not been able to forget about it, um, because this ACL injury is the second one that she's done. Um, She did Mm. the first one, I think, back in 2016 or something. 2016, Um, yeah. Yeah. But she said that it was, this one 
affected her so much more because she had so much more to lose. And I just, yeah. it's just, you kind of forget about the pressure to perform that these players are under. Mm. And I, mm. yeah. And yeah, and you think about things like contracts as well. You know, mm. they're only at one or two years max at the yeah. moment. So, you know, if you're not playing and having that effect on the field, it just ripples through your life. Mm. Um, yeah, it's it has been a struggle. I'd be lying if I said it. It hasn't been a struggle for Gab and for Eliza probably McNamara as well. Mm. Um, but it they will both come back fiercer and more well-rounded in their experience of being a footballer and a teammate, I think, mm. um, because they will understand when other people are going through a similar thing and they'll be able to help and mentor and all of that kind of thing, which I think there are players who go their whole life not having an, a serious injury and they don't really understand the impact that it has on someone's career or life. Mm. Um, so I think... Uh, I think looking at that side of it is probably a good way to go. And I, I probably say that because that's what I've had to do as well, I mm. think. Um, but, yeah, Gabby has just come through with such a positive, I guess, outlook from this season. And um, I guess to be there to watch her team win a flag is amazing, but to be on the ground is the ultimate goal, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> Okay, next question from at Pethy11. Well done on another great pod season from a wounded lion. Something that rang true for me was Al's comment that code wars don't exist in women's sport. Thank you very much. Question, when are you guys coming up to visit Springers? <laughs> <laughs> Will you give us a lift from the airport? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pethy, if you come and pick us up, we will definitely take in an AFLW game up there for sure. Yes. Especially if the season is at the same time of year and we need to escape the Melbourne winter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> definitely coming up to Springers. And when air flights uh, are not $1,000 return. Oh, Yes. Actually, I was talking to wow. a Melbourne supporting friend at work today and she said that she considered going up until she saw that flights were about, you know, six, seven, eight hundred dollars. Yeah. <clears throat> rough. Very rough. Next question. This is from at Sam Jane Lane. Whoa. What? If if Scooby Snacks could walk in the boots of one of Darabin of one Darabin Falcon involved in the AFLW Grand Final. Who would it be, and why? We need Scooby Snacks back. This is this is this is heaping high praise on Scooby Snacks. <laughs> I think Scooby one. Snacks would like to think that they were Paxi. <laughs> yes. Yes. If I'm honest, I think you guys would agree that that would yes. be a dream, a dream of Scoobies to be um to be like Paxi. Scooby's a little um little bit of a terrier on the field. Um yes. Probably it's like I don't know, is Paxi tall? I can't tell. Yeah. One seventy. Yeah. yeah. Scooby's Scooby's on the shorter side, so 
um, but thinks, you know, acts like they're two foot tall. No, wait, 10 foot tall. Oh, my God, COVID brain. Whoa. <laughs> um, that, that's what I think anyway. Good question, though. Yeah, it is a good the question. Scooby, the Scooby Sam love affair has been pretty quiet this season. So. It has, it has, yeah. Um, I think actually also with the Paxi comparison, Scooby has a like likes to have a hint of mullet, but hasn't had yeah. hasn't had the courage to go full Paxi mullet. So that's a bit of a challenge yeah. for you, Scooby. Yeah, come mm. on, Scooby. Do the whole do the whole thing. Go hard. <laughs> Scooby did let um us shave their head in lockdown though. Um Sabine tried to give Scooby a fade. And it was <laughs> oh no. The worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> well, there's your first first mistake, letting Sabine try and give you a fade. <laughs> With the shearers. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, so a couple of options there. Actually, maybe another option could be like she's not a tried and true falcon, but Lily Mithen, bit of an in and under kind of terrier, similar to Scooby. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Next question from at Matt Pultney. Oh. Hey Matt. I just want to give a special shout out to Matt because he obviously was having the time of his life <laughs> at the grand final. <laughs> he had selfies with all the Demons players, with Sam Lane. It was, he was, <laughs> he was, was, having, was, he was having a great time. Yeah. yeah <laughs> loved it. I loved it so much. Um, Matt's question is, rate Gillard's performance on Wardlaw crucial, I thought. Well, I probably should have read through the questions before. <laughs> <laughs> but you know how much I like to do preparation for the pod. Um, well, we did kind of uh, touch on it before, but incredible performance. I think, you know, similar to Campbell at the other end, like was a brick wall. Yeah. She was my Melbourne bug, mm. I think. You know, you got to kick goals to win and she stopped them doing that. So... Yeah, and for a young defender as well. Yeah, first season. Grand final deck. Yeah, absolutely epic. epic Wild. Epic, epic. Yeah. And I didn't realise how tall she is until you see her in the photo next to Loz Pierce and she's a head, a half a head taller than Lozzie Pierce and she's crouching down to put her arms around Lozzie and Zanka. She is huge. Mm. Huge. She's And she's only going to get better. Scary. Yeah. Yes. Scary, scary, oh scary. God. So scary. But yeah. also, did I read somewhere or hear somewhere that she's actually the only player this season to keep Wardlaw goalless? Wow. I don't I'm know. not sure, but that's an excellent stat on <laughs> her just, sheet if I'm, it is. <laughs> I'm saying it now. I've said it. I can't unsay it. <laughs> I mean, nope, I can because okay. I edit the podcast, but <laughs> I feel like I heard or read that somewhere. So I will. If you if you're listening to this, listeners, it means I was right, and it's still in the pod. <laughs> I didn't edit it out. <laughs> um, Al, I actually have a question for Matt. Yeah, if I may, and Absolutely. I would like him to reply whatever okay. platform he replies on. Mm-hmm. 
I want Matt's opinion on the surface of Springfield mm. and a rating one to ten. I know he was there. I'm not sure if he walked on it. I'm not sure if he managed to touch it, but I would like his rating as a as a grass specialist. Mm. Turf I would expert. Like to know. Mm. Turf expert. I would like to know Matt's opinion. Thank you, Matt. Okay, next question from at Melanie underscore Ray. Paxi in purple thoughts. Now, this is in reference to a little article that popped up in the West, uh, which I think is their equivalent to the Herald Sun. There is a rumour, and I, of course, couldn't read it because I refused to give uh, News Corp money uh, and it was behind a paywall, but there is a bit of a rumour floating around that Paxi could migrate west and sign with the Dockers. Now, my thoughts <laughs> my thoughts are that is wild <laughs> and very unrealistic, but I also know that her best friend works at Frio, so I'm wondering if that has something to do with it. I think it is a rumour. Same. I think I think there's yeah, little rumor mongers circling. I I can't. I don't mean I don't know. I I feel like Paxi's pretty settled here in Melbourne. Mm. It would be mm. very, be very interesting. And they don't have a coach currently either. So I find that in saying that, the Paxi we know and love is one of the most random people. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> it's not completely out of scope but I think it is a rumor yeah I yeah say I'm kind of I feel I feel like it would be a rumor but if it happened I actually wouldn't be shocked <laughs> no but Melanie Ray thank you for bringing that to our attention because yes I hadn't heard anything about it <laughs> I'll ask her over a year in a few weeks mm. but also just quietly I don't think we've talked about Frio getting rid of Trent Cooper we haven't. And Caddy, what are your thoughts? As a coach? It's extraordinary to me. I mean, he's yeah. they've been a very well performing team. And yes, they had a yes. bit of a dip this year, but they were decimated by injury. I just yes. was out I think it's a bit outrageous, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's um it was an interesting call. And I don't know that. You'd think they'd make it if they had someone waiting in the wings, but they don't appear to have somebody. So I don't know. It's one of those funny ones. Maybe it was time for a change or whatever because, yeah, I think it's pretty stiff to have been given the flick from just this one sort of bad season, which was really just a result of, you know, injuries and timing. That's it. So I'm interested. I read an article just before that they were chasing Jordan Ruffhead. Um Mm, he said no. He's, yeah, he said no, but he's definitely one of the next coaches in waiting in AFLW, I think. So mm. Um, mm. I, I really I don't know anything about WA coaching kind of pool. I don't know if they'll get anyone over from Melbourne, but, yeah, interesting to watch this space because I don't know. Yeah, he's he's pretty well he was pretty well established there. So, yeah, interesting. Mm. Um, okay, next question from at Chewy Boot Video. Best play, <laughs> <laughs> best 
best player's journey story in the premiership team that we're not hearing enough about? I don't know if you ever heard of a player called Daisy Pierce, but she has <laughs> been this <laughs> I kind of feel like we've touched on a couple yeah, of them with uh, Chaplin, Mackin, Gillard. Um, but maybe like even Eliza West is is a pretty interesting one too. College basketballer. She's the Todd, Todd Patterson special, that one. I used to play against Eliza West in State League Touch Footy. Really? And she was a jet, just an absolute jet. Um, yeah, she is probably the smallest basketballer I've ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> but so talented and so fit. Yeah, definitely a Todd Patterson special, that one. Mm. Um, but r- rightly so. She's just an absolute jet. Yeah. But I am I'm unsurprised that she's actually really good at at um touch footy as well because the quads on her, my god, power. Yeah, power yeah. athlete. I mean, you got to be powerful to um play your touch footy, which is probably why I didn't play it very well. <laughs> <laughs> I think when you look at the Melbourne team's lineup, this is being really biased, but when I think about the Melbourne lineup. There hasn't been a whole heap of movement, but I think Luke Purcell's story is pretty amazing as well from being a really low draft pick for Geelong, meaning she was well sought after for Geelong, and then leaving the club to come to Melbourne in the middle of ACL rehab and then coming back to extreme form and being you know, in the top five AFLW best and fairest in a year, within a year, Mm. is amazing. Um, It's kind of what Brie Davey did as well. So when you, you know, you think about that comparison um, and, you know, Luke Purcell is so young, I think we're going to be hearing a lot more about Luke Purcell. Mm. And just like that trio, Mm. Purcell, West, Hanks, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, that they're, they're so they were so effective on the ball. They effectively pushed Paxi out of the midfield. Yes, they pushed her into the forward line. Mm. Okay, next question. I'm unsure if this is actually a troll or not, but I'm going to answer it anyway. <laughs> we have a troll. Are we calling it might, a troll? Look, let's <clears throat> let's just let. Let's just listen to the question and see. Okay. Um, their their username is at at Doug Seven AU. <laughs> <laughs> their profile photo is Tony Lockett. Um, <laughs> okay. Doug wants to know: Do you think the AFLW needs more scoring? Maybe shorter fields, <laughs> goalposts at the end of the goal square. <laughs> Not a complaint, but a suggestion. <laughs> uh, so, um no Doug <laughs> I don't I don't think it needs more scoring 
and I don't think it needs a shorter field. And I definitely don't think we need goalposts at the end of the goal square. I don't understand what that means. <laughs> I think we're cool enough to have a troll. <laughs> yeah. But it's also like, okay, the grand final was low scoring, but it was the teams were evenly matched. It was a contest. But there were plenty of games this season that were complete blowouts. So, Doug, maybe just actually just watch some women's footy and you might understand the nuance a bit more. Geelong scored over 100 points, but that's fine. That's fine. <clears throat> On you, Doug. Thanks for, thanks for you know, contributing. What if it is someone who genuinely wants to make a suggestion? <laughs> it, might, it might. I just think it's, not a, it's just not a great suggestion. Sorry, Doug. No. Yeah. I think it's silly. If goalposts at the end of the golf square would be in the way. Be a I think what he means is I think what he means is like bringing everything forward and shortening the ground. Shortening the ground is the know, same Doug. thing as making the know, ground Doug. shorter. I don't know, Doug. <laughs> Doug. <sighs> but maybe look you can you Dug can yeah, next season you can we, we can workshop this. Maybe you can contact us again. Um <clears throat> okay, next question from at Torak. Andy. Andy, love you. Um, thoughts on the umpire confusion and the non-50 given for Bannon's tackle on Davidson? I thought it was good umpiring. Mm, I did. Look, I did too. Because it was there was two clear different calls and I don't think there was any deny. I don't think that there were was any denying there was two different calls. And so, you know. I don't. Th- I think like yeah. I think to give a fifty then would have been yeah the wrong yeah the wrong call. I guess I I think it was really well umpired that situation. Yeah, um, yeah. I feel like common sense prevailed in that yeah. scenario. Absolutely. Mm. I I was also really pleased that the gr- the grand final umpires were awarded and put there on merit and the fact that they had done a lot of AFLW games, not um, this is completely going against everything I believe, but not just because they needed to have a female umpire because I know that the female umpires, um, there haven't actually been that many field AFLW female umpires um, umpiring just yet. And so I think, having the experience on the field actually made it a really fair contest for that exact reason. But I hope that next year we see more and more of those female umpires getting a look in at every single game and therefore gaining that experience to then be there at the end of the season. Um, But I, yeah, reading about the umpires and their experience, I was like, yeah, this is going to be a good contest with little to worry about, which I was glad. It was. Mm. It was. I didn't even. I didn't even notice the umpiring at this. You know, there were a few calls that I was like, "Oh, Melbourne got jib there," but then the same thing happened to Brisbane, and I was like, "Okay, well, mm. it all balanced out." But I think another another way that we can fast track female umpires is if the season is longer, <laughs> oh. like give them more games to officiate. Yes, yes. and just... I know we have a heap of female umpires in the VFLW on the field give them that opportunity to have a step up in all of the training. And, you know, I'd be interested to see what the pathway is to how many games you have to, you know, performed at, for want of a better word, to 
to progress. But mm. yeah, give 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 them more games at the top level. Let them learn from the best. I think. Yeah, just more games. More games. Okay, and the next question also could be a troll. Not sure. Um, from at Platinum Casper. Do you think Daisy what? Pierce's post-game comments about inviting the wrong housewarming guests lacked maturity, respect, and humility? I don't know what comment that's about. I think there may have been <clears throat> post-match comment about the Demons ruining their housewarming party by winning the premiership on Brisbane's home ground. I mean, I don't recall that comment being made. <laughs> But um, I remember it, but it was fine. Like, yeah, no, I guess my answer is I I disagree with that Mm. assessment. My goodness, seriously, are we really breaking down post match commentary? Comments, someone that's just won a premiership, (laughs) (laughs) but also like to to even suggest that Daisy Daisy to suggest Daisy Pierce (laughs) lacks maturity, respect, and humility is. Absurd. Platinum Casper. She can do no wrong. <laughs> she can do no wrong. Um, but you know, actually, on Daisy, I when Abby Holmes asked her about her playing future, I loved how she shot it down. Like, just mm. like just give me this moment. <laughs> Don't make me think about this now. <laughs> and yeah. it was excellent because I think everyone respected it like that after that like she yeah she didn't really have to field any more questions about it so I'm just I'm so glad she was on the front foot and just said let us celebrate let's not make this about me and I don't want to think yeah. about my future I just want to you know bask in the, the glory illness. yeah yeah she would have rehearsed that a few times I think in her head this week because you know it's coming yeah. you know it's coming so she is very mature, Daisy Pierce. And, you know, and I don't want to make it all about Daisy either, but I, you know, I have said a number of times that I just wanted to see Daisy lift an AFLW cup and I've just, I have now. It's just, yay! it's just so good. I just, it, she's just so deserving what she's done for the game and what she's, well, she's had to carry as well. Like she's essentially been the face of um, of women's footy for like a decade. Yeah. And it's just, it's a fairy tale. It's great. I want to know for both of you actually, what's your next fairy tale? Caddy, probably less so for you because you didn't have your heart set on the days winning the flag, but um. What's your AFLW fairy tale that you're yet to experience? Gosh, that's a really good question, Hibba, and difficult to answer. Surely it's the Blues winning the premiership, though. Well, yes. <clears throat> I mean, obviously, yes. Um, but I feel like there's kind of more. There's there's another element to it or something. Like Blues, Blues winning the grand final on a packed MCG. Yeah. In, you know, fairy tale? in Darcy Vessio's okay. last game, <laughs> which is probably many, many, many years away. I hope so. Mm. Caddy? Um, well, so, uh, could I say Elise Parker winning the 
the uh, Lake Best and Ferris. That would be pretty yes. great. Yeah. Pretty happy yes. with work. And she would be very, very yeah. well deserved being winner. I'm very happy if that happened. I'm just making an Australian team again. <laughs> yeah, that would, that, <laughs> where, APFC is not over that. <laughs> no, still recovering. Oh, but also, side note, Caddy, <clears throat> a Cadman was the number one draft yep. pick last night. Yeah, it's uh, finally a Cadman, you know, <laughs> recognition of the Cadman name, number one AFLM draft. <laughs> Here we come. Ah. <laughs> Are you any <clears throat> relation? No. <laughs> Oh. What's uh, what's yours, Hibba? AFL fair, AFLW fairy tale. I think is watching a grand final on the MCG when it's just packed. Mm-hmm. I don't even care who's playing. I don't really care who wins, but just a packed MCG, hundred thousand people watching AFLW. Mm. at the same time oh, yeah how good That's my fairy tale yeah and to be there second level on the wing then I have access to the rooms after the grand final I get to party with the winning team they put me on the bus wherever they're going <laughs> I get to keep partying with the winning team <laughs> yeah how good <laughs> I was this close, guys. This close. <laughs> if it hadn't been in Melbourne. <laughs> yeah. You would have been partying with the team for sure. I would have been there. Oh. Even last night. But that's okay. I had other things to do. Well, I think it's time to put a full stop on season seven of AFLW. I firstly just want to say a few thank yous. Thank you, Caddy, Hiba for suiting up and being my co-hosts again. Um, It's been a pleasure. I love, I just love talking footy with both of you. I hope you've enjoyed it as well. Definitely. I am am nodding. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Always amazed that she keeps asking us back, to be honest, but here we go. Here we are again. I'm just, I think when I think back to our first episode, when, um, we were in the club rooms of AH Cap, and Alison, you had to nod at us every time you wanted us to talk. Whereas now you have to <laughs> nod at us to shut up. <laughs> Look, I'm just, I'm just so glad my my coaching has uh, has helped you along. <laughs> We've come a long way. Um, but while I'm doing some thank yous, I also want to give a special shout out to Alex Reynolds for filling in while Hibber was away. Um, other special guests, Gabby Colvin, Liz Quinn, Quinny, no tiger time tonight. I'm sorry. They didn't, they, they just didn't make the big dance. So they, they don't get a look in. Um, but also just really want to thank our listeners too. You're just amazing. Like I, I still, I'm still in shock that people actually listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I particularly want to thank, um, Lachlan, also known as Data Kid Twenty Three, um, his support for the show is actually incredible, and um, it, it's it is look, it's really hard to pull a show together when you work full time, your co-hosts work full time, and have a lot of extracurricular activities. Um, life is is uh, 
is really busy um, and it does take a lot of time and energy and work to to get a show off the ground. So, Lachlan, thank you so much for your support. Um, and we will be back next season. Wow. Thanks for having us, Al. Thanks, Tim. Yeah, thanks, everyone.